Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Secondhand Sports. Um, episode 2 of Season 3, starting right off the bat. Um, how's it going, Matthew? Pretty good, Berg. We are exactly 10 days away. 10 days. We're, we're Joseph Adai days away. Uh-huh. We're uh, Jeray Jenkins days away. Who's another good LSU? I was about team? to say another ten. Who's another ten? I, I don't know. Tens are tough for yeah. LSU players. Ru- make... Russell Shepard. Yeah, Russell, Russell Shepard days away. Yeah. So starting off, um, you have beef with one Notre Dame. I guess he's a beat writer, reporter, analyst. What would you call him, Matt? Uh, Brian Driscoll. So yeah. Uh, like you, Berg, I probably am thinking right now, who in the hell is Brian Driscoll? <laughs> so I, I did some research. Brian uh-huh. Driscoll is one of a uh, has his own podcast. I'm gonna pull it up real fast. I forgot the name of it. It's like the Irish something. But so Brian, what did what did Brian Driscoll do to you, Matthew? What did Brian Driscoll do to me? It's like yeah. what did he do to us? Uh huh. So Brian Driscoll, he um I read um he actually played uh, college football and he coached. He was like an offensive coordinator. Oh wow! But okay. he but he didn't play for he didn't go to Notre Dame. Didn't attend Notre Dame. I mean, just like us, like he's an expert in Notre Dame. We're experts on LSU. Right. You know, exactly. We didn't go to the school. Uh huh. But um yeah, he's he's one of Notre Dame's top ex. Um, when it comes to Notre Dame football, he's the guy to talk to. Yeah. So um, he seems like the Cody Warsham or of uh, like he's just a beat writer but he's also in Notre Dame media you know like Cody Warsham has unlimited access basically you know yeah I mean Cody Warsham literally works for LSU right exactly that's what I'm saying he works with Gus Stark and all that but like yeah but like he's like he's like Jordy Collada Matt Moscona yeah you know those guys yeah so um I never found the name of his podcast so and to to preface to I'll put the clip in for what we're referencing to uh in the middle of this, so we'll get the full thing. But in your words, Matthew, why do you have beef with Brian Driscoll? So uh, Brian Driscoll uh, went on the uh, Crane and Company uh, podcast um, yesterday, and he was at and he was asked about um, he was asked uh, you know they asked him a lot of Notre Dame questions you know praising Marcus Freeman praising Notre Dame, and then uh, one of the guys asked him. So, uh, do you think Brian Kelly, you know, your former head coach Brian Kelly, leaves Notre Dame, goes to LSU? I mean, goes to LSU. Do you think Brian Kelly has a chance to win a national championship? What, what do I do? Do I play the clipper? No, I'll I'll play the clip okay. in the yeah yeah. So here's uh, we have a little clip. So uh, uh, I'll ask quickly about your outgoing coach, Brian Kelly, the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. He goes to Louisiana State. The last three head coaches for LSU have won national titles. Will Brian Kelly win a national championship at LSU? No, he won't. He won't. He won't recruit the way he needs to recruit. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't think he's the coach he was at Grand Valley. The coach he was at Cincinnati. I think that guy is gone. Uh, I think he is just to me. Just I mean, look. Notre Dame wasn't lacking talent. Notre Dame lacked big game production because Brian Kelly just didn't get those teams ready to play in big games. And I don't think that all of a sudden miraculously changes because he's now in Baton Rouge. You know what I mean? I think Notre Dame fit more of his personality. It fit his recruiting base. I mean, the most Southern place he'd ever coached before Notre Dame was Cincinnati. 
You know, <laughs> Notre Dame's the second most Southern place he's ever coached. So I, I just, I don't see the fit to be honest with you. And, you know, I'm saying that sour grapes or the case may be, but honestly, guys, I was ready for Brian Kelly to be done 2020. Cause I, I feel he had taken the program as far as he could. And I don't, I don't see him cleaning up that dumpster fire at LSU anytime soon. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're back. Played the clip. So after listening to that, but we got a lot of issues to cover. Uh huh. Brian Driscoll basically said that Brian Kelly has zero, has no chance to win a national championship. He literally just said, "No, they're not going to win a championship." Um, some topics that he said, some topics that he broke down, he said that Brian Kelly and like Brian Kelly, just you know, he he's not a good fit. Which you know, he he he's only this the, the farthest place that he's coached. The most southern place he's coached is Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was just like, what the hell? Like, look at Nick Saban for crying out loud. Nick Saban did the same exact thing. He came from Michigan State and then came to LSU, won a damn national championship, and now he's the best coach in the history of college football. Brian Kelly's literally doing the same exact thing. He just hasn't won a championship yet. Right. Yet. Yeah, exactly. So to to that point, I have some counterpoints too. So I'll just say my piece about that. Coaching, being the southernmost place that he's coaching, being Cincinnati, like to me that that doesn't really matter, especially in a place like Notre Dame where you have to recruit across the nation. Like that part, I could see if he's coaching um, in a place like. Like if he was coaching the Big Ten or Big Twelve, and he had to recruit in his state and the southernmost place he coached was Cincinnati, but being that he was at Notre Dame, he had to recruit across the whole country. Exactly. I don't think the fact that he hasn't coached in the South matters yet, but that's just my my part for that. So yeah, he, moving he, along. <laughs> he's he basically, but the thing is, it's like. It doesn't matter if you fit in. It doesn't matter if Brian Kelly can cook a gumbo. It doesn't matter if Brian <laughs> Kelly could, you know, go shoot a shoot a duck or go fishing. It doesn't fucking matter. You're literally teaching a cover two defense at Notre Dame. You could do the same thing at LSU. Yep. And then, you know, they, they talked about how um, you know, the, the talent the reason why Notre Dame couldn't play in big games is because, you know, Brian Kelly didn't coach, you know, but like the the um like you look in the Rose Bowl in twenty twenty. Brian Kelly and LSU, I mean, Notre Dame, went and played Alabama in a playoff game. This guy literally has watched that game and said, well, I mean, the reason why we lost that game is not because Alabama has all these freaking athletes on the field. It's because Brian Kelly didn't coach our underperforming, untalented team, our under-talented team well enough to win that game. Yeah, it's Alabama. It's like that's – and then, like, he literally believes – this guy literally believes – that Notre that Notre Dame can he be, he believes that Notre Dame literally can beat Alabama with an under talented squad. It's just to me, it's crazy. Like this, like to me, I feel that, and I'm I'm kind of going everywhere. Let's hear it, Matthew. It's it's like get it out, let it out. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Therapy. I'm just I'm, I'm tired. We're tired of talking about it. Like it's it's like. Anything that Brian Kelly says or does, Notre Dame fans react to and say, "Oh well, I mean, he's he's, a, he's just an asshole in general and stuff." And uh, like, a, like he talked about how um he talked about 
that LSU is a dumpster fire right now. And, you know, Brian Kelly wants to go there. You know, he can go that dumpster fire. Look at yourself in the mirror, man. Notre Dame has not won a national championship since 1988. LSU has won three national championships with three different head coaches. Two of those coaches are not even on Brian Kelly's level. Yeah. The thing about that, too, for me is LSU is not a dumpster fire when you look at the athletic department outside of the football program. Exactly. And the football program is a dumpster fire because of Coach O. So if you look at the other coaches that we have – it's star-studded, you know, outside of... And we just had an undefeated national championship season. Like two three yeah, years, exactly. Two three years, years ago. ago. Three yeah. years ago. So calling him, calling it a dumpster fire, that's just, I don't that's, know. That's and just... He, he even says before he starts his little spiel is like, this might be sour grapes, and it is, obviously. Like, ever since they started making this move... Him in particular has been like, ah, Brian, good luck with Ryan Kelly. He's not going to do anything. And one point that he makes that I agree with him, and a lot of people have talked about it, but Brian Kelly probably felt that he reached his peak, and this Driscoll guy said, I was glad that Brian Kelly was leaving. I wish he was would have left in 2020. I agree that... He probably did reach his peak there. He did as much as he possibly could. They even almost got into the playoff last year, and he left even before that. It's like he knew that he's reached his peak with the talent level that he could possibly get at Notre Dame. Nobody wants to play in freaking South Bend. And if you look at all of the recruits that we already have, not a snap, not a down of football has been played under Brian Kelly at LSU, and we're already recruiting a ton of guys from Louisiana. And we know that it's like a super rich talent, like it's very talent rich here as opposed to South Bend. So it's like, yeah, I agree with this guy saying that Brian Kelly reached his peak there, and they probably are happy that he's gone. But saying that he's not going to win a championship or be good at LSU and calling it a dumpster fire, that part is definitely sour grapes. And I just don't understand why. I I don't know. They must not. I mean, it's probably a situation where he doesn't know enough about LSU, I guess. Maybe he hasn't paid attention as much. Because they're Notre Dame. It's a Notre Dame guy. Notre Dame, right. Notre Dame fans literally think – it's us and screw everybody else. Yeah, and not necessarily. I mean, if I don't know what the hell, I didn't know what the hell was going on with Notre Dame two years ago. You know, like if you're just not a fan of the team, you might not pay attention. But LSU has been a dumpster fire for a very, very, very short period of time, and we everybody knew the root cause of the problems, and we've eliminated those issues. So it's like. To call it a dumpster fire is just um, uh, not correct, I've, I feel. So anyway, right, right. that's my whole spiel about it. But Matthew, if you got more heat, yeah, yeah, I mean, you yeah. were going off on Twitter today. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow uh, yeah, my Twitter account. Follow uh, Matthew Vincent on Twitter. And secondhandpod. And secondhandpod. Give us yeah. a follow on Twitter. Um, But like, like going back to the talent, like he's, like he said that like, you know, he's just not going to be able to get the talent at, at LSU because he couldn't you know, get talent at Notre Dame. 
Let me tell you the recruits that have come out the state of Louisiana that have that you know are that he's missing. Tyron Matthew, Derek Stingley, Devin White, Tredavious White, Patrick Queen, Rashard Lawrence, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, Justin Jefferson, Russell Gage, Leonard Fournette, Kevin Falk, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Lloyd Cushenberry, Andrew freaking Whitworth. Like, and there's more. There's literally more, like, there's more. Brian Kelly literally recruited half the state of Louisiana to come to Notre Dame. Guys like Logan Diggs, who's the running back there right now, played at Rummel. Jerry Tillery, who plays for the Chargers, the Chargers right now as a defensive tackle, he played for Evangel in the Treeport. Elish, Brian Kelly could not, like you said, Burke, Brian Kelly could not get the talent at Notre Dame because it is so fucking hard to get kids to commit to Notre Dame. Why would you want to go south in Indiana where it snows nine months out of the year? Why would you want to go play in a shithole like that? I mean, but yeah, it's Notre Dame. I mean, the tradition. Dude, Notre Dame, the reason why they have not won a national championship since 1988 in 32 years is because they refuse to look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know, Brian Kelly's not the problem. We're the problem. We're the ones that need to change, not Brian Kelly. If we change, boy, we can win a lot of games. It's just like, I mean, it, 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 to me, it, it, it's, it's insane that, I don't know where I'm going with this right now. <laughs> um, but um, it's just incredibly insane to think that, like, these Notre Dame fans literally believe and generally believe this guy, you know, said, saying the truth. Like, you know, they don't listen to anybody else. You know, Brian Driscoll is the main guy I listen to. It's like, they're like, you know, good job, man. Good job. You're taking shots at Brian Kelly. You know, Brian Kelly, he's not going to win at LSU. He ain't from there. He's not like Ogeron. Ogeron won a national championship. Ogeron also could get freaking hot-ass blondes in bed, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he said it before he even started his spiel. Like, this might be sour grapes, and that's I yeah. think that's what it is. He's They were frustrated with him when he was there because the, he couldn't get it done in the playoffs. And... um well, it's like he yeah. couldn't get done recruiting, and like 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 I was I was going forward yeah. this, but it's like like Notre Dame didn't have top five recruiting classes because it's Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. Yeah. Now Notre Dame did you know now Brian Kelly did develop that talent to the best he could have developed to. Yeah. But the problem is you don't have receivers, you don't have skill guys that can go beat in Alabama. You can produce linemen, you can produce like you know big guys like Manti Teo. Whoa. And like like another thing is preview of the next segment. Yeah, yeah but, but but look at this too. Notre Dame in 2012 had Manti Teo. Goat. Name me, but that's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. LSU in Ian 2000. Book. LSU Ian in 2000. Book. No, that's 2012, <laughs> bro. Uh, but no, no, no. But like, look at LSU's 2019 national championship team. You had Rashard Lawrence. You had Patrick Queen. You had Christian Fulton. Grant Delpit. Yeah, Jacob yeah. Phillips. You, you 2020. Had, Shelvin, you had all these guys yeah. that right now are kicking ass in the NFL because Louisiana produces great talent. And Brian Kelly realizes, you know what? Like, Brian Kelly has been a head coach for 31 years. He has never seen talent like this ever. He's never. He doesn't have a Mason Smith at Notre Dame. He doesn't have a Jack Besh. He doesn't have a Malik Neighbors. He doesn't have a um, um, an Ali Gay or BJ Ogilary. Well, I mean, those guys. I don't think those guys are from Louisiana. I forgot. <laughs> um, Nussmeyer. He no, he's from Texas. Oh, okay. Like, like, he doesn't have, like, 
guys like um like a John Emery or like a um Trey Quinn. Yeah, Trey Quinn. Yeah, sad news for Trey. Sad news for Trey. <laughs> or but, uh, uh, but like think of like Elish. Charlie uh, Drost. Yeah, Charlie Drost. Friend of the show. But like, like he doesn't have guys like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. You don't get that at Notre Dame. You can't go to Indi- you can't go to Indianapolis. I mean, you can go to Indianapolis and maybe find one guy that's just like that. But Louisiana, you got tons of them. And Brian Kelly realizes, you know what? I want to be the I want to be with the best in the country. I can, I got a chance to win a national championship at LSU because of the in-state talent. It doesn't matter that LSU has a lower class right now than Notre Dame does. Now, Notre Dame is dropping in recruiting. It's like Notre Dame fans have talked about Marcus Freeman and said, every argument they'll tell you is, Marcus Freeman is just a hell of a recruiter. Ever since he's came here, we've moved from 7th in 2021 in recruiting to now we were number one. Now you're number three. Now, Marcus Freeman... To me, Marcus Freeman is their Ogeron. Like, he was already there... He's great at recruiting, and he's just kind of taking over. He's a, he's a young guy. While they're right, he's just kind of taking over while they're still trying to figure out their situation. Because I don't think he was their number one choice. No, but at that point, it was so late in the coaching well, tree. You had, you, you had to make debacle. A dis- yeah, you know, like you said, like you were just about to say, you had to make a decision. I think that's their decision right now. But I don't think he's a permanent choice. He's he's so young, and you everybody's doing all this rah rah about how. He's a player's coach, but so is Coach O. You know, right. it's like I, I don't know. But, I just but, don't think it's going to last very long. But like, but like Brian Driscoll's basically like he said earlier. I listened to the whole podcast on the Crane and Company, and he literally said, "And you know, Marcus Freeman's going to win a national championship this year." I mean, and like if you think back a while back, like in the spring, they brought in Ed Ogeron because they believe Brian Kelly was saying so much trash about Notre Dame, which he's not saying anything bad. He's just saying what his experience was like over there. And that's remember when they brought in Coach O, and Coach O was saying, "Hey, this team right here, this Notre Dame team, tremendous, tremendous team. It's gonna, this, this is it. This, they're gonna, you're gonna win a national championship this year." Mm-hmm. Basically, kind of take, trying to take a shot at LSU fans. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't think he was taking a shot at LSU. No, I think I think he was taking a shot. But um, but it's like he said. He said that like he uh, Driscoll said that you know I wish. You know, Brian Kelly, like you said, I wish Brian Kelly was gone was gone after twenty twenty. They well, probably do. This is my thing. As someone that has seen Nick Saban go from LSU to the Miami Dolphins to Alabama. Amen. Brian. Bro. Brian, listen here. Brian Driscoll, listen to us. Careful what you wish for, man. Yeah. Careful what you wish for because Seriously. You, you can say all the crap y'all want about Brian Kelly going to LSU. We're still haunted by that We decision. are still literally. For eight more years. New, yeah, news, yeah, update yeah. this week, Nick Saban signs an eight-year extension. It's like, and the Joy DeColada show talked about this today, but they literally talked about how, like, Notre Dame was willing to say, you know what, like, after Brian Kelly left, you know, fuck him. Fuck him. You know what? Go to LSU. Go win a national. Ch- you know, go to LSU. Go. You know that dumpster fire. We got Marcus Freeman. You're talking about a coach who's a rookie coach. Marcus Freeman has never been a head coach. And look, I love Marcus Freeman. I've never said anything bad about Marcus Freeman. It's like I wanted, like we wanted Freeman. We thought Freeman would come and and after Bo Pelini got fired. But um, you know, it just I think that he noticed that look, LSU isn't a good place to go right now because they're in a lot of trouble, and I don't. If there's not a life raft left, I don't want to, you know, sink down with it. Yeah. I don't want to see my career. So Marcus Freeman took the Notre Dame job, Notre Dame defensive coordinator job, for less money 
but, you know, just – and now he's the head coach. It's like – and he said, you know, look, Brian – look, Marcus Freeman can recruit. He can recruit, but can he coach? Marcus – Brian Kelly hasn't coached a single game for LSU yet. Marcus Freeman coached the bowl game. You can say, you know what, it's the bowl game. The players don't care and stuff. Players don't give a shit at all. They got crushed. No, they were winning that game at halftime 24 nothing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is the Marcus Freeman era right here. We are all, you know, this is, we're winning, we're kicking ass. Oklahoma State came back in that game, won 34 to like, I think 35 to like 28 or something. I don't know. Yeah. But they, they came back by 35 points and won. The thing for Marcus Freeman is. What's crazy? Game, oh, go ahead. Go he's ahead. the guy that has to make, because he doesn't have any experience, he doesn't have anything to fall back on to say, oh, man, we're, we're behind. Hey, Brian, Brian, Brian Kelly, what, what do I do? What do I do? He can't talk to Brian Kelly anymore. He's now sitting in Brian Kelly's chair. He has to make those decisions on himself. I mean, I, mean, I hope Freeman has success at, at Notre Dame, but I'm just telling you, man, Brian Kelly did that for 12 years. And like you said, Brian Kelly was, you know, he knew it was time to go. Like, he knew it was time to go. He knew that he couldn't really give it. He gave everything he could, but Notre Dame gave nothing back, so he left. Brian Kelly was there for 12 years, and he just – and it's not like he got tired. It's just that, like you said, like in 2020, he kind of realized, well, maybe maybe there's another job. Maybe Notre Dame isn't the, the stop, last stop for me. And LSU came calling and took him down to Baton Rouge. Scott Woodward, you know, smart as he is, took him down and, you know, brought him to Baton Rouge. But keep in mind, he said he wanted him – uh, he wanted him gone um, – Driscoll said he wanted him out – after 2020. Dude, you made the playoff in 2020, lost to Alabama. And then in 2021, you went 10 and you, you Brian Kelly lost one game again. He went 10 and I think 10 and 1, 11 and 1. And then he goes to LSU and then Freeman loses that game. So Freeman right now is 0 and 1. And guess who Notre Dame starts the season off against? Who? Ohio State. At Ohio State. Really? Marcus Freeman's all mater. So you're literally putting the hefty expectations that Marcus Freeman's going to win in year one, with the talent that Brian Kelly has assembled. It's just that now you got better talent because you got Marcus Freeman as the head coach. So I, I don't know what you know. I don't know what um what Notre you know. To me, we're just I mean we're just ready for kickoff. We're ready to see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. To me, like <laughs> it's like once Brian Kelly coaches a game. You know, then you can breathe, and it's like, okay, well, you know, this is good. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired of talking about this now. Yeah, we've been, and this is all we have to talk about because we don't have any games or anything to go off of yet. It's all speculation and predictions. Um, so, but yeah, it'll be an interesting. Like you said, we're ready for kickoff. It's gonna be exciting though in the Superdome, FSU. Yeah. Unfortunately, moving on to our next topic. Unfortunately, I, I, do, I do got one more. Okay, good. Uh, Let's hear I, it. And I'm not sure if we covered this. So he was saying like, um, he's like, oh yeah, we, we covered wanted, that already. We, we wanted Brian Kelly out, but then like he said, we wanted Brian Kelly out. But then right after that segment was over, he was talking about like Notre Dame, like his chances this year. So uh, Notre Dame AP uh, top twenty five came out ranked fifth. What makes Notre Dame a, a top five team in the nation right now? Talent. Recent success. I mean, you guys talked about earlier, Notre Dame's gone 54 and 10 the last five years. There aren't more than five teams that can say they've had that kind of consistency. 
And Driscoll says, well, in the past four years, we've gone like 50 and like 10. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Like 50 well, and that's 10. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you uh, did that under yes. Brian Kelly. Yeah, under Brian Duke. Kelly. Like, how do you, how does he unironically say that? I don't understand. Like, how do you not put those two things together it's there? It's like he, he's basically saying what every single fan has said about, you know, about Notre Dame and stuff like he it's not it's not really it's a horrible salty take I think I think it, the guy's just salty that Brian Kelly left because they he knows deep down that Brian Kelly you know saved our program I mean we had Charlie Weiss you know basically ate his way out of the job uh, and I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm fat shaming which is kind of sad but uh-huh. um but Brian Kelly takes over in 2010 and just leads Notre Dame success I mean he's the winningest coach in the history of Notre Dame football yeah like how you're losing Winning as coach in NCAA history, right? Well, not history, no, but uh, in the NCAA. I think, I think, right I think now. he's the. Well, actually, I think Saban has more wins, but actually, I, I think overall, including bowls or something, he's I got mean, the highest win percentage yeah, or something like that. He's the, he has more victories than any other coach, including gotcha. Saban. Yeah, and. The thing is, like, no, you could argue he was coaching at Cincinnati and not SEC, but still, you know, yeah, wins a win, dubs a dub, so. Dub's a dub for sure. I'm turning lights on real fast. Okay. So speaking of the uh, first couple games, we received the news that John Emery is not going to be able to play the first two games. Um, one, it was because of academic reasons from last year. He apparently has like a three eight GPA or three three GPA, something like that. He's in good academic standing now, but it's from a carryover punishment from last year, and they can't talk about it because of the student, you know, whatever rights. Right. To me, these are – FSU might be a formidable opponent, but we are also LSU. Like, we're an SEC team playing them. Like, to me, these are two – who do we play – like, don't we play Southern? Yeah, Southern. Yeah, so, like, these are two cupcake games. We're not going to need Emory. I just hope that he doesn't miss out on these kind of warm-up games to start the season, and he comes out cold, you know, in week three. But missing two games at the beginning of the season isn't going to change everything dramatically. Um, so, just some news that we had to touch on. Um, do you have anything on that matter? Well, to me, it's just like – it's like so last year you suspend John Emery like two days before the UCLA game. Yeah. Like you're starting running back. How in the hell – like LSU has all the resources in the world. How in the hell does your starting running back – any starter – I mean, they have – they're taken care of. How does he get suspended for academic issues two days before the game? I and mean, we all know that was passed. And, you know, Emory did, you know – he did, you know, mess up, and it was it was like a scheduling conflict, right? And I mean, like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, I'm not trying to say, oh, let him off the hook. I mean, he he served his punishment, right? He served his punishment exactly. for a year, and that's where it should have stopped. Yeah. So we're coming into next year, coming in this season. He's still suspended for two more games. Like, what else do you want from the kid? The yeah. kid, like, do you want money? Like, you're basically ta- you're you are basically taking away. I mean, look, it's two games, but Florida State. You know, I disagree. Emory should play that game. Emory should start that game. Yeah, oh yeah. I, mean, I, know, I know you got. I know you got Noah Kane. You know, you got Noah Kane. Um, you got Armani, Armani Goodwin. You got um, you know, Josh Williams. But it's like he's your starting tailback. 
The guy, you know, has mentally gotten better. He's physically gotten better. And the NCAA is just saying, nope. Like, is it the NCAA or is it LSU? It's the NCAA. To me, uh, to me, really? it was. I think it was academic advisors' fault. And Brian Kelly, you know, he's probably fired those people that had yeah, no, that were yeah. all part of that, right? But it's like he's still suspended. Like, like I'm saying, it's like, what else do you want from the kid? I mean, the kid literally had to hire a lawyer last year to try to appeal the suspension. Now he has to hire that same lawyer again. But you're you're not just taking away money. You're taking away playing time. You're taking away millions and millions of dollars he has a chance to make in his life in, in his you know in the NFL. You're taking away reps. You're taking away games. Yep. And it's just like you know this. I mean, look, it's two games, which is not bad. Yeah. But and there to was to me, another, it, it's two. Like you said, it seems like he's already served as punishment. So why are we still doing this? You know exactly, what I mean? It's like exactly. What? It's a new year, new year, like yeah. a new season. And now you just throw the bomb and just say, well, John Emery, you know, he's, you know, he's suspended for two more, just two more games. It's like, dude, he's been suspended for a whole season. Right. He's in great academic standing now. And, you know, he's like, like I said, he's mainly prepared himself. He's better. Like he's more, you know. Probably more mature. Yeah. It's probably older. You know what I mean? It's like he's grown but it, older. But it's, but it's like, this is his, this is like, you know, he doesn't get to take anything back from last year. He can't, he can't, you know, he can't use anything from what happened last year. Basically. Like that, it doesn't count. It, it counts. So he only has one more year left. He's a senior this year, and he has to, you know, go all out this season to, you know, to even get drafted. Which I mean, he'll get drafted. Just you want to be, a, you know, a first round, second round pick. But like, you know, there's another instance with like Christian Fulton. Uh, Christian Fulton played at Rummel. He was the top recruit for LSU's recruiting class in 2016, and you know, you know, played in the championship team. Christian Fulton was suspended for the first two seasons of his career because they were saying he was taking pee, like steroids and stuff. They tested him. They said he's taking marijuana. So let's uh, sus- but let's still suspend him. So he was suspended for two, you know, two years. You know, he, he only had two years of eligibility left. And, you know, he balled out. And I'm just saying if he would have had those two years back, he may have been an All-American corner. And, like, you know – Another instant, another thing that they could have they could have done was, well, look, you know, um, so, so Sadiq Charles played left tackle for LSU in 2019. He's your starting left tackle, but he had academic issues too. But LSU got to pick the games where he could um where he can play in and where he had to sit out. I think he sat out against Georgia Southern, but he played against Texas, and then he had to sit out against Northwestern State, and then he was you know eligible for the rest of the year. It's like you could literally just say this. Okay, Emory's suspended, but let him pick the games that he can be suspended for. You know, he might let him play. Let him, let him play Florida State, sit out against Southern, play, and then sit out against New Mexico State. Yeah, because those games you don't need them. Let your backup shine. Right. And to me, we're probably gonna be playing freshmen anyway. So yeah, and and, and another thing is, you know, John Emory, like Noah Kane, the backup. Noah Kane's plate was a starter at Penn State. The dude played really, really – I think he led Penn State in touchdowns last year. Noah Kane's from Baton Rouge, but he, I think he, like, lived in Texas, and he went to IMG and then, you know, signed with Penn State. But now he's back at LSU, and now he's got a chance to, you know, to get more reps. Same thing with Marnie Goodwin. You know, they, they both are shining, in, you know, right now in the camp. So, you know, they got – they like, they it's their time now. You know, they, they get time just to shine for these two games. But, um, yeah, I just I – don't, I don't really know – I mean, I think Emory should play, but it's two games. It's not. It's not the whole season. It was whole season. You know, it'd be devastating. But just 
just two games. So this whole thing to me is why is part of the argument of separating from the NCAA and it's already begun. Like right. colleges are already talking about getting out of the NCAA just for football. Um, as far as like being governed, Holy smokes, shit. There's lightning right outside our, uh, studio window here. Yeah. Studio secondhand lake house. So we're a, part of the thunder. We're, um, we're in an 80 year old lake house that survived hurricane Laura and Delta like and the, Rita and Rita and, and Ike. Uh, yeah, Ike and Gustav. So like, yeah. it's not a. We'll be safe in here. Oh yeah, we'll oh, be yeah. safe. We'll be safe. Uh, but yeah, this whole. I mean, this is one of the examples of many where the NCAA um, is a pain for people um, playing football. So it's just one of those things that another reason why uh, football is going to be separated from them eventually. So, but like you said, it's just two games. We'll be good. He'll play. He'll be good. He'll be 100%. Yeah. Um, Somebody who is no longer with the team permanently is Miles Brennan. Uh, That was some news uh, since our last episode with Michael Guidry. Shout out Michael Guidry, where we had a long discussion about who the next quarterback would be. And now that is getting narrowed down to two. Um, So, obviously... It's it's difficult. It's like I kept the day that the news came out. I kept wanting to say thank you for all that you've done, but he didn't play for very long. So it's like I'm sure he was a great leader last year, you know, and um, he's always he's got a lot of experience, and so I'm sure he's given great advice to our other quarterbacks and our team, you know. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, it just sucks. Very sad story, you know, him screwing up his hand last year just sucked. Like, just, that, just so unfortunate. Um, and, yeah, he was told that he wouldn't be the starter, and I don't blame him for wanting to quit after that. He didn't really have, uh, you know, NFL prospect, I don't think, from right. what we've seen from him, and that's very little, but, um, yeah. That kind of it makes the decision a lot easier for Brian Kelly. I feel like because now you don't have to, you don't feel obligated to pick the senior, right? You know? and, I, so. and I don't think Brian Kelly was going to do that. You know, you know, just go with Miles Brennan because the fans want to go. With. Brian Kelly is going to go with the quarterback that can play, and that's right. either Jaden Daniels or Gary Nussmeyer. They can play. Yeah. They can fit in this system. You know, Miles Brennan, um, which. Well, okay, yeah. Talk, wait, wait, talk wait, about wait, 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 you, I was gonna say, aren't we supposed to be getting a decision on that soon? Like today, I forgot the intro. Uh, today is Thursday, August twenty fifth. So by tomorrow, we might have uh, an announcement on who the quarterback is. But well, anyway. Brian Brian Kelly did say it's it's pretty close, and like he like, he probably already knows. He said yesterday uh, on a, in his press conference on Tuesday that. They kind of already know who it's going to be, but he doesn't have to say it right now. But I mean, I know like at some point you have to, but it's like they they know who they know who it is, and he's probably you know, I, um. I guess for strategy reasons, he's not. They're not. Well, yeah, just yet. just just get you know, you you if you announce it now, it's okay. We we know who it's going to be, but yeah, but um, and they can start watching film yeah. on whoever it is. But yeah, we'll, hey, we'll, we'll talk about this later. 
I do want to talk about Miles Brennan a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Miles Brennan, um, you know, dude's been at LSU for nearly basically half a decade. Miles Brennan signed. Yeah, man, it's so Ma- weird. You know, Miles Brennan was there for so long that the coaches that recruited him were less Miles and Cam Cameron, like the two scumbags that LSU biggest scumbags LSU's ever had. And then, um, so then Miles Brennan, you know, they get Miles and less Miles and Cam Cameron both get fired. And I think Miles Brennan, he decommitted from LSU. He decommitted, and um, when Ogeron got the job, Ogeron was going all out to try to get Tua to come to LSU. And, uh, you know, eventually that it, it didn't work out. Tua signed with Alabama. So eventually Miles Brennan said, you know what, I'm in. Miles Brennan literally committed to a team that had no idea what they were going to do on offense, didn't have an offensive coach, offensive coordinator. He committed to a team that had a defensive line coach that was 10-25 and 25 at Ole Miss, but he's a hell of a recruiter. And he's from Louisiana. He committed. So 2017 comes around. You have Danny Etling there. Miles Brennan is basically the backup quarterback. And he played him and Etling kind of split time a little bit. Um, but you could just tell Miles just was not the athletic build. You know, he was a tall, tall guy, strong arm, but, you know, basically 190 pounds soaking wet. Just, a, you know, just, just, just a small guy, thin guy. So he put on, you know, he put on weight in the offseason. And um, in, in 2018, it looked like Miles would, would take over as the starter because the other quarterbacks, Lowell Narcisse and uh, Lindsey Scott Jr., they both transferred out. I was about to say, I don't even know who either so, of those guys are. So. Yeah, so Miles was the only scholarship quarterback available in 18 until you signed the god himself, Joe Burrow. Right. The so, goat. So Miles has to sit under Joe Burrow for a couple of years, but he takes a red shirt in 18. He played a little bit. He didn't really play that much in 18, but he, so he took a red shirt and said, you know what, this is better for my career. You know, I'll get an opportunity, but Joe's the guy. I can't beat Joe out. Is it working? Yeah. Okay. I can't not beat Joe out, but, you know, I'm going to take a red shirt and just continue to be the backup quarterback. Joe Burrow has the season in 19 for the ages. And, uh, you know, they went, you win an SEC championship. You win a national championship. Brennan already has two of those things. And now in 2020, he's the guy. He's the starting quarterback, you know, has all the experience in the world to play. And he played He played really, really good in those first um, – He played great. Like, now the he first – awesome. Mississippi State, that was a wake-up Oh, ball, yeah, that was bad. But that he sucks. still – but he was the first quarterback in LSU history to make his first three starts and pass for 300 – over 300 yards. Amen. And, and the Mississippi State game, if you look at that offensive line, that was the reason for how bad they were. This yeah. lightning is so close. I know. That was the reason for how bad they were, and we have talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast, but – I think if he had a good offensive line, if he had the offensive line that Joe Burrow had, then we well, would have been like, good. It's like Joe Burrow didn't even have a – in like LSU, it's like they never really had a great offensive line. They were just great because they had a great quarterback. Yeah. Joe Burrow basically was so comfortable playing that offensive line, you know, said, hey, you know what, hey, we, we can do this, we can do this, but Burrow is our guy. And, you know, the I next think that's going to change, too, with Brian Kelly. Historically, he has recruited fantastic offensive lines. Yeah, so. yeah. God damn, dude! Remember that time we were, you and Jenny came over swimming at the pool and stuff. Oh yeah. God, I think we're having a replay of that right now. Yeah. Hopefully we don't lose power. It's gonna right. It's gonna hit this tree right here probably. Fine. We're gonna get a little shot, but we'll be fine. But um, yeah, but 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 going back, it's like you know, Brennan got hurt in the Missouri game, 
tore his abdomen. Was it abdomen? It was like his abdomen. Yeah. And he still played that game. Had a, I think, passed for over like four, maybe 300-some, 400 yards with a torn abdomen. I mean, as a quarterback, how in the hell can you throw the ball like that and just keep getting injured? Brennan's tough. He's tough as nails. Yeah. But what he did was he extended the in, the the he extended the injury. It made it worse, and we didn't you know we didn't know how long he was gonna be out for. Eventually, he was out. You go with T.J. Finley, Max Johnson, and dumpster fire. Brennan, Brennan's out for the rest of the year. Yeah. So shout out Gunner by the way. He couldn't make it today, but uh, Trey Mancini just went yard, and now the Astros are up four to one against the Twins at the bottom of the first. So. Just yeah. quick baseball, and that was talking baseball. Anyway, talking baseball. Back to Miles. Sh- short, shortest seven we ever had. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so close. Okay. Anyway. So, in a <laughs> this episode is gonna dude, be dude. It's wild. like it's like it's like hard to keep focused. Yeah, actually, yeah. kind of. Like we need we need like we need to like we need to be like in a room. Where there's like no like windows or anything. Yeah. Like an actual studio. We're we're yeah. in a we're in an eighty year old lake house that has covered windows, in windows. Covered in windows. Yeah. I'm literally sitting right by the window right now. So. Yeah. I just I don't see lighting, but I'm feeling it. I'm yeah. seeing the reflection. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, crap, don't get struck. So in twenty twenty one, TJ Finley leaves, transfers to Auburn. You sign, you recruit and get Garrett Nussmeyer. And it's now Miles Brennan, uh, Max Johnson, and Garrett Nussmeyer. So to me, everyone would say it was between Max and Miles. I was full of Miles Brennan. The one I, I thought I believe Miles Brennan would have been the starter in 2021. Then he gets an efficient accident on a boat, which I remind you, boats are very very slippery. If you don't have, if you're wearing flip flops, it's not a good idea. Breaks his arm, ends his season. So now you got to go with Max Johnson. And at that point, Miles Brennan just said, "And I, I, I want to play football still, but I can't do it. I'm not gonna get a chance to do it at LSU. Trent, you know." Decides to enter his name in the portal. We think that's the end of Miles Brennan right there. So then the bowl game, LSU and Kansas State, Garrett Nussmar takes a red shirt. He can't play in the bowl game. Max Johnson transfers to Texas A&M. You don't have a quarterback. You got to go with a wide receiver and John Trey Kirkland, who you know, balled out when you know when LSU needed him, and you know he balled out. Didn't have a great game, but you know played great enough. I was to, about to say, did he ball out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Played great. Play great high school quarterback electric, but um, yeah. so Brian Kelly gets hired, and LSU's still looking for another, you know, maybe another guy in the transfer portal. Caleb Williams from Oklahoma was in the portal because, but joins USC with Cliff Kingsbury. I thought that was a possible, and then all of a sudden Miles Brennan announces he's coming. He uh, Kelly goes and talks to Brennan, and Brennan announces on Twitter with the Jordan Belford meme, "I'm not fucking leaving. I'm coming back." Yeah. So Brennan comes back, and you know. It's like, okay, this guy's going to get an opportunity finally. He's finally getting an opportunity with a great coach and a great coaching staff. And then LSU signs Jaden Daniels in the transfer portal out of Arizona State, who started over 30 games and, you know, has experience that Miles Brennan doesn't have. And the offensive coordinator, Mike Denbrock, um, who's coached with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, you know, was Cincinnati's offensive coordinator when they made the playoff, uh, you know, Coach Desmond Ritter. He's more used to dual-threat quarterbacks. And – We've seen Miles Brennan is not a dual threat guy. Miles Brennan no. can throw the ball; he has the experience, but he can't run that style of offense. So it's you know spring goes. I think uh, Nussmeyer started, and then you know Brennan got playing time. And but I I think and Stephen Fano actually said this. Shout out to Stephen. I was gonna, dude. That's so funny. I was gonna shout him out after this. Yeah. After this, what you were saying because he he's 
been on this for since like 2020, I think, or maybe 2021. Right. That first Mississippi State game, he was like, get Miles out of here. This guy stinks. We need somebody else. Like He was like, it has nothing to do. Well, I don't know if he said it has nothing to do with the O-line, but he was adamant that uh, the problem was Miles Brennan. So, But anyway, go ahead. Shout out Stefan Fano. Yeah, friend he, of the show. He said that he said that um, you know, Miles kind of brought in as a leader, and you know, for a guy that's been at LSU for like seven years, you know, since 2017, the guy knows everything about LSU. He's a leader. I mean, he's truly a leader. You've seen the videos and stuff. Brennan, you know, established himself as a leader and as an important figure at LSU, and you know, maybe a mentor to the quarterbacks and maybe a mentor to all the younger players that are there. But the, the issue was. Brennan just it was not a good fit for the offense. So then, um, you know, fall camp begins and, you know, Brennan's getting some reps and stuff. But it's really Nussmeyer and Daniels that are getting all the the main reps. And, you know, Brennan was the third-string quarterback. And uh, Michael Cobble on Twitter posted a video. Not posted a video, but he said that, you know, you looked at Miles Brennan a couple of days before he decided announced his decision. Brennan just kind of seemed like, you know, I've given everything. I've done it. I got nothing left to give. I've been through so much. I'm not going to hold a clipboard. And, like, so Brennan announced, you know, Brennan, um, and it just it just seemed like he just wasn't into it. Yeah. He, th- he, threw, he threw a really good football to uh, Brian Thomas Jr. That was on video. But um, I think Brennan at that point just kind of realized, you know, I just, I'm not my heart signing anymore. Right. So, Brennan – uh, I mean, it's hard if you don't have a future in it. Yeah. So now, now Miles Brennan. The thing is, what he didn't do, which to me, I got a lot of respect for him for this. Which you know, it's stupid, but you know, man, I got a ton of respect. He had every opportunity to go to other to play anywhere else. He could have gone back home, played for Southern Miss. He could have you know thrown for thirty you know thirty five touchdowns. 10 interceptions, get drafted, you know, win nine games and get drafted, like, you know, in the, um, you know, XFL. Late, well, no, no, like get like maybe go undrafted or get drafted late in the seventh round. Yeah. You know, be a backup quarterback in the NFL, be a scout team quarterback, make about $3 million. I mean, which, I mean, that's that's a great lifestyle. Yeah. Man. That's a great, that's a great you, lifestyle. If you and, look at the history of uh, LSU quarterbacks, Zach Mettenberger, Matt Flynn, uh, Danny Etling, those some great backup quarterbacks, you know, exactly, <laughs> in the history exactly. of LSU quarterbacks. And is Jordan Jefferson? I don't think he even played. He, in the uh, NFL, huh? I think he played for the. He signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2012. And, yeah, but he uh, got cut after training camp. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but um, yeah, great backup quarterbacks. But it's just like you know, Brendan doesn't have any film. He doesn't have anything. I mean, you could say all the stuff, the stars, and talk about everything, but it's just like, I mean, dude. Mentally, how like just going through all of that, like that had to be tough for him, and you know, but he decided, you know, what, I'm not going to go anywhere else. I'm going to stay at LSU. I'm going to stay at LSU. I want to play for the best team in the country. Because like you could go play for Southern Miss and stuff, but it's like you're just playing for Southern Miss. You could play in front of your home crowd and everybody, you know, your family. I mean, he's from Mississippi, so I mean, I get it if you would have gone Southern Miss, but but it's like he could have gone. You know, he wanted to play at LSU. He wanted to get an opportunity to, you know, play for the best team in the country. But, you know, I think Brennan, he's a, as, you know, as a fishing trip, 
He's a big outdoors guy. He's a big hunter and fisher. So, Second hand sports and outdoors. So the, 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 he's a big outdoorsman. So my thing is this. You're playing the second last game of the year at home. You're playing against UAB. What do you think Miles Brennan would rather be doing? Do you think he'd rather be holding a clipboard or maybe getting you know some quality backup time to play on senior night against UAB? Or do you want to be in a deer stand looking at a freaking trophy right in front of you? Looking at a trophy, trying to shoot a trophy buck right in front of you. And Brennan, to me, he's just more of an out. I mean, he's just – I feel that at that point, you know, football's not number one to him. Football is not number one. All right, Matt Moscona. Oh, shit, yeah. To me, he's he's more of a an outdoorsman. Yeah, but I'm just messing with you. Yeah. He, he, to me, he's just – I think he has more passion with the outdoors and – he comes from a really good family too. I mean, oh, he's yeah. a Brennan. You, you he's, ever been Dickie he's Brennan? Gonna be, he's going to be fine. He'll, that he'll, he'll empire be, of a restaurant company. Dickie Brennan's yeah. really damn good burger. Yeah, damn good, bur- yeah. damn good steak at a right too. That's Mr. Beast. But um, so it's like after he left, you had all these boomers on on face LSU Facebook and Tiger dropping saying, "Well, Miles Brennan is a quitter. That the kid couldn't handle holding the, the kid couldn't hand, handle the competition. Sweet, so you know." Became a little bitch and quit. You know, he's not going to do anything. He wasted his time at LSU. First of all, let me tell you this. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't think Miles Brennan gave everything to LSU. Yep. Gave absolutely everything he had for LSU. But when it just kept mounting up, eventually just lost. he just lost passion. But he, yeah. didn't, he didn't quit. He walked away from football. And you know, good luck. You know, wish the best luck luck for him. Absolutely. I think he's getting like he's getting married to like T. Bob's. Uh, I mean, and another thing is, he's getting married to T. Bob's like niece. Yeah, uh, and T-Bob's he's niece. getting a lot of nil money too. I think, huh? He, like he, he gets to keep all he gets he gets to keep all the nil money. Yeah, and he gets to keep the F two fifty. Yeah, from Hollingsworth Ford. Oh yeah. shit, we can't we can't announce them because they're not uh, sponsoring us. Yeah, but he gets to keep the truck, and so I mean, really, it's like if I was in that position and I played for that many years. I'd walk away too. Oh yeah. I mean, the thing is, he, he even though he didn't play that many games, he still got to win a national championship. Oh yeah. SEC championship. He got to be the backup quarterback to the greatest quarterback in the history of college football. I mean, at the, at the championship game, when LSU's running on the field celebrating, Joe Burrow's walking on the field. The first person to congratulate him, Miles Brennan. Yeah. Like, the dude loves LSU, and. It's like Ed Ogeron. Ed Ogeron loves LSU. Even after they fired him, he still loves him. That's going to be Miles Brennan. Yeah. Miles Brennan's going to be back in, you know, when, in 2029 when LSU brings back the greatest team in the history of college football. And Burroughs there and, you know, Chase and Jefferson and Rashard Lawrence, all those guys are there, Patrick Queen. Miles Brennan, they're going to announce his name. Going to get a huge applause because people oh, are going to yeah. remember that, that time, that run. The guy never quit on LSU. He just didn't have – he gave everything he had to LSU. Yep. But Amen. Yep. That was a great that was an ode to Miles Brennan. That's what I'll title the episode. An ode to Miles Brennan. Thank you for your service, Miles. Wherever you are, we hope that you are happy. Um along that line, who's gonna be our next quarterback, Matt? So the quarterback issue has been analyzed. It's been picked apart. I've watched 72 hours of film, and I truly <laughs> believe the starting quarterback for LSU in 2021, 2022 will be 
Jaden Daniels. Really? I believe Jaden Daniels will start. I'm not saying he's going to be the starter for 2021. Because Nussmeyer – You mean 22. 2022. But get this. If you watch any practice film and stuff, Garrett Nussmeyer is still getting first-team reps. Right. Brian Kelly's still putting – you know, he's still switching out. But I believe that Jaden Daniels will be the quarterback because of his experience. The guy can run. The guy's played in a lot of games. Well, I mean, he, you know, he went to Arizona State. He didn't play, you know, any elite teams or stuff. He didn't have great talent. Well, he's not with a team that has talent. Um, you know, the offensive line right now, it's a makeshift offensive. I mean, I wouldn't say makeshift, but you got a lot of guys that don't have as much experience. You got Will Campbell starting as a true freshman. You got Miles Frazier starting at guard who, um, you know, was an all, all first-team all-sunbelt um, at FIU. You move Garrett Dellinger – Garrett Dellinger – well, he said Dellinger. But uh, you moved Garrett Dellinger from left tackle – or not left tackle, from right tackle. He was a freshman last year. He, you know, played a lot of games at right tackle, played at guard. But Brian Kelly's going to move him to center. He's never played – you know, he didn't come to LSU to play center. You know, he had some, some you know, bad snaps and stuff. Um – you know, a couple of weeks ago, like last week in training camp, you know, in fall camp and stuff. And you got um, you got Anthony Bradford, who saw a lot of playing time, probably played right guard. And you got Cam Wire, who played left tackle last year, is going to move to right tackle because of uh, Will Campbell. So, the um, but the thing is, with an experienced offensive line, you need a good quarterback that can lead, a good quarterback that, you know, knows how, you know, it makes you feel as a player. It makes you feel comfortable. Okay, our quarterback knows what to do. He's been in big. He hasn't played in big ass games, but he's played in a lot of games. He know he has a lot of football knowledge. You know he can play. He can play. He can lead. You know, get this young group of guys and experienced guys opportunities because he's done it. Garrett Nussmeyer. You know, I think that Garrett Nussmeyer is up there. I think Garrett Nussmeyer can play. He's not as fast as Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels literally said he run. He ran twenty one miles an hour. He was clocked in at that, like on twenty yard. I don't know, but um, definitely dual threat. Definitely though. a dual threat guy. Yeah, uh, can throw the deep ball. Accuracy to me was a big issue with him at Arizona State. Like he, in most of the balls he looked, he was throwing them short to his receivers. But to me, it's like LSU's receiving core is so talented, which is the strength of the team that you know any quarterback would be comfortable throwing those receivers in that offense. So I believe that you know I don't believe Jane Daniels is a, is. A problem. It would be, would you know? I think he'd be great. I think he'd be great at, you know, as a quarterback for LSU. But Garrett Nussmeyer, despite the fact that he only had one really meaningful game against Arkansas, he didn't play great at all. But he played in Ole Miss. He played some mop-up duty games and stuff. But he's still pushing a guy that has started thirty games for Arizona State. He's pushing for the starting job. He's still taking first-team reps. So, I could see maybe, which I believe it's going to be Jaden Daniels. But I could also see, well, Nussmeyer could start at quarterback, but maybe when you get in the red zone, you could put Jaden Daniels in and get him an opportunity. But Jaden, you know, I think Jaden is, you know, because of the experience, I'm with Jaden. I think Jaden Daniels will be the starter. Brian Kelly, um, he did announce that yesterday on his press conference that they have not uh they're still trying to decide but he said within a couple of days we're you know we're, we're gonna have it we're gonna have it announced and stuff which you know it's you don't have to like which i think it like you said birds for strategy reasons and stuff 
But um, like, who, who do you think will be the quarterback this year? Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Yeah, because he's already he already has starting experience. I think Nesmeyer's still a little young, so right. you want to um, you want a quarterback that has experience in big games. And obviously, Arizona State isn't the SEC, but I think he'll be more mature in his game planning and calling and everything, uh, just because he's older. So right, right, I, yeah, and, and so uh, Walker Howard. Uh, Brian Kelly did say that he was going to redshirt this season. They would yeah. only use him for emergencies only. But um, I mean, that to me, that, that's a, that's a very smart move. What classification is uh, is Daniels a junior? Or and then Nussmeyer, he's like a sophomore, right? No, no, he's a he's a redshirt freshman because he redshirted the last couple Nussmeyer's. Of games. Yeah, he didn't. That's Dang. why. Didn't, that's why he didn't play in the bowl game. Because right, he took a redshirt. Yeah. Which is good to me. It's actually good now that you can you give the oppor- the players opportunities. Look, if you want to redshirt in the middle of the season, you can do that. Yeah, You're not oh lose yeah. Anything, which right is really smart. The bad thing about that, the bad thing about that in some cases is Jaden Daniels is a junior. Okay, yeah. Um, Nuss could transfer and go somewhere else, but I mean. Why would he do that? Why would you transfer away from LSU? That would make no sense. So, yeah. Anyway, well, well, Nuss is well, Nuss is a late trolls guy. Yeah, his mom's from late trolls. He claims he's from late. You know, he's he's a big late trolls guy. So they represent a little bit. Amen. Even though you, played, he's going to transfer to McNeese. Well, that or he could go to SMU. Yeah, I mean, we're literally just saying stuff. But yeah, like, yeah. He, he's from his dad, Doug Nuss Myers, the quarterback coach for the Cowboys. He's really close with Dak, and SMU. You know his. SMU, they're you know, and, and with the age of NIL, I mean, they can you know get some players now. Oh yeah, and you know they could get no smart. He could be a starter right away. But um, yeah, I think I think the quarterback to me will be Jaden Daniels. But if Jaden Daniels doesn't do good, you know, I think what the coaches have done is they prepared Garrett Nussmeyer. Look, right, you need to be ready to play because yeah, we're, we're going. You know. He's a wild Daniels is a wild card for LSU, yeah. whereas Nussmeyer has already been with us. So he has a connection. Those were like with guys yeah. like Keishon Boutte, right? You know, and all the receivers. I mean, that's that's the advantage that he has over Jaden Daniels. But yeah. that's just one thing. Jaden Daniels has you know a list of games you could go watch and list of film and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I like 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 I'm repeating again. I think Jaden <laughs> will be the guy. But I do think that you know. At some point in, in against Florida State, maybe Nussmeyer comes in. I, like, I, I like like and I, I do kind of believe that it it it's not like you may start Jay and Daniels, but it's not fully decided yet who the guy is going to be. Right? Yeah, I think it change at week three or something. You know, so. right? And, and that's that's what I think Brian Kelly's doing because you know I think the first couple of games, you know, you're going to start somebody, but you're going to see okay which guy can do it and whoever is whoever's the guy. That's the guy, right? No two, no, no, no two quarterback system. It's just it's not going to work. Yeah. Even though Brian Kelly has done it with two quarterbacks, with you know Golson and um, um, Tommy Reese, you know the 2012 national championship year, and uh, I think Brandon Winbush and Ian Book in 2018. He's done it before, but you know you look at the past for LSU, you know fans when you hear. You know, two quarterback system makes you want to throw up. Oh yeah, George, yeah. Jefferson, Jordan Jefferson, Jerry Lee, Brandon Harris, Anthony Jennings, 
um, like Danny Etling, Miles Brennan. I mean, you can even say Max Johnson, Miles Brennan, yeah, Gary Nussmeier. TJ Finley, yeah. Yeah, TJ Finley. So, but I just think that LSU's in a much better position now, coaching-wise, that can handle, you know, quarterbacks and they know what to do with it. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All righty. And we we said all this, and then tomorrow it's going to come out, and it's going to be Walker Howard. Matt O'Dowd. Yeah. All right, what's next on your list there, Matt? So um, I want to go over maybe the uh, the depth chart uh, for LSU. Well, let's, let's go over defense. Um, what else did you have before we get to that? Man, dude, I sh- I forgot about. I listened to the press conference on Friday, driving to Gunners, and I literally forgot everything I was gonna say about that. Uh, but uh, what else did you have on your paper, though? Wasn't there something else we were gonna talk about? One thing that we forgot to touch on while we were talking about Notre Dame is Manti Teo, right? Um, once in a generation talent, obviously. Um, and the reason we were going to talk about him is because of this new documentary that has come out on Netflix, Manti Teo. It's like Untold, The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist or something. Documentary is great. Oh, fantastic, like, man. I mean, just, I'm so glad that he did it because he, like, finally got the last word on his story. Like, it's, it just... Sets the story straight, basically. So, as far as like reviewing, we don't we don't have to go through the whole like what happens. Go watch the documentary; it's fantastic. Um, Lene or whatever that freaking Renaya, the dude, yeah, the guy at the time. Now he's a girl. What? There's two things that that ticked me off. First of all, she now. Well, I'm not trying to be transphobic that she has transitioned. Obviously, she was having some mental health problems like, right. you know, when this was going down. But the whole time, she's like, yeah, basically showing zero remorse for what she did to this well, generational athlete. Like, ruined this guy's life. Ruined, got him out of millions of dollars. Um the whole thing about him not performing well against Alabama, and that's the reason why they lost. They were kind of insinuating that. That's BS. Alabama had freaking Eddie yeah. Lacy. There's no chance Notre Dame was even going to like sniff a victory against Alabama in that game. Amari, Amari Cooper. Yeah. But, AJ McCarron. But the whole time, the Naya girl is saying, yeah, that time of my life was just crazy. And showed almost zero remorse for her actions. She she showed some remorse, but it was every time she was like, yeah, I felt really bad, but that time in my life was just crazy. It's like, yeah, how about the guy that you were manipulating and just lying to, doing all this stuff like breathing heavily into the microphone saying I'm on a ventilator or whatever. Talking like was, talking like a fucking woman or something like, like yeah. that. Like, I, that was crazy. I, I yeah. did not, like, like the part with, but like, I think that dude is, like, Renaya, he, he or she, whatever it is, I don't give a fuck, I don't know. Never, 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 never. <laughs> he's gotta be the most hated uh, person, like, he's gotta be the most hated person in the, you know, 
in a, in the in the world right now. Yeah. Like the dude literally like she literally just said, "Well, I mean, yeah, like you said, you know, I just uh I'm sorry." Like she sent him a text saying, "Well, at the time he was Renai, he said, "Hey, I'm sorry." Yeah. And it's like Manta's like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about?" Yeah. And all this shit just blew blew forward and Manta Teo's life is never the same again. And like 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 you said, Berg, it's like the, what we were just talking about earlier, Notre Dame didn't doesn't have talent. Yeah. Ben Tateo was the most talented player on that team. You know, he could have played, he, but if he would have played in the SEC, he probably, he probably would have been just like another guy. And he was supposed to go to USC. I mean, that was that that was that, like that would have been an obvious choice for him. I don't. Another thing about that is he would have made billions of dollars. That's the thing in, in the NIL era with all that money going into Notre Dame. He would have made. Billions of dollars if he would have played, like in the today's era, but right. just because of how loved he was. I mean, the whole nation was behind him. So, I mean, look at like just, like like when he was when he was uh, at the end when he was talking about all those lays that are in the crowd. Like, Notre Dame fans loved him. Yeah, you got, oh, some, you, yeah. got you, you got some people that hate you and stuff. You got some people that said, "Well, you were just trying to, you know, do this and that, or you were gay or something." Like you, you basically were just trying to like to no. The guy literally had no idea. Like he said, like. They didn't know what catfishing was back then. Catfishing right. didn't exist back then at all. Right. And like everyone, like he's like, I had literally no idea. Like, and he said, like you know, for Polynesian guys. And he even he even like verified this chick was messing around with other guys too. So yeah, like he did his due diligence with other guys, and they were like, yeah, yeah. You know, but it, text like, her or whatever. Well, there there was like there was a part where like, um, it's like the players like they're like, well, we're not going to say anything to destroy your happiness, but. You know, you're just talking to this girl. You've never FaceTimed her. You've never ever, like, you know, seen her in person. You've just, you know, chatted, texted her, Facebook message, DM'd her. That's all you've been doing for the past four years. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it was a surprise to the players that when all this stuff came out. But for me, when the picture, when um, it was like the night of the Lombardi Award ceremony, he, like, won all these defense awards. And then that, uh, what was her, what was her name? Uh, like Lene, no, no, Lene. No, no, no. The, the 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 picture of the oh girl. Diane, Diane O'Hare, whatever. Yeah, that was. yeah. Literally, like since yeah, this was the picture. real the real girl that was the profile picture for the fake right for the the guy put a picture of a real woman, and the woman did the the hand signal and put the date on the paper when it, that was she came back to life or whatever just. Ridiculous. I, I think Manti Teo is the most mentally tough athlete oh, yeah. I've ever heard. I mean, to, to go to go through something like that. Yeah. During a during a like at that time, Notre Dame. You know, he was at the Heisman ceremony, and no one knows about that. No one knows anything about Manti Teo having you know a fake girlfriend and stuff. Nobody knows it at all. Yeah. You know, Manti Teo was asked like you know he just say look my you know just you know I'm doing this for my uh, you know grandmother and girlfriend, and um. So then after that, you know, he, he, he loses the Heisman. Just think about it. If he would have won the Heisman. Oh. It's been. like, do, do, what, do you the, think I think the only, the only reason he was in the Heisman race, though, was because of that story. Like his, right. you know, his it, girlfriend like, and grandma it, dying on the same day it, or whatever. It, it, it's kind of like. That's, what, that's another thing, too, is the girl that was doing the trick on him was like, yeah, I didn't. She was like, I don't know why I expected him to handle it well when I told him I died the day his grandma died but for some reason he didn't handle it very well 
What? 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 You literally like that? That's just. I mean, it, it just. I don't know. That was ridiculous. It, like it's just. It's just crazy because it's like. And like an, another thing that happened, so the Deadspin article came out. That was okay. But Deadspin, so two Deadspin, things, two things that ticked me off: the, the girl saying, "Oh, that was just a crazy time in my life," and also Deadspin. Yeah, whatever. The 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 girl that was playing the trick on him. The second thing that ticked me off about the documentary itself, not the whole situation. The whole situation was just so screwed up. Right. But right. the second thing that ticked me off about the the way Netflix did this documentary <laughs> is painting. Deadspin in this light that they had tried to get in touch with Manti and verify the story before they went public with it. Right. That that was some BS. That's they BS. they waited for like sixty minutes and first of all, Deadspin they were like what, in Florida or something, New York probably. They, they weren't they weren't big. They were they their whole like they said their whole goal was to basically show like ESPN and all, right. all these bit in the NBC were get they had it all yeah. wrong, which that's yeah. that's what they were trying to do. They yeah. were trying to basically just do that, but in that process, you just literally destroyed exactly. Matt Teo. Exactly. I mean, and they were like, "Oh, we didn't know this was going to happen. This story was about ESPN, not Matt Teo." It's like bullshit. Get out of here, bro. They they texted his dad, and these guys were like halfway across. They were in Hawaii. And Deadspin, wherever they were, I don't no, they, know where they, they, they were. They, no, no, no. They're like one of the guys was in Florida, and the other guy was in Connecticut. I yeah, think. yeah. Like, like you're texting people halfway across the world, and you don't get a response within an hour. So you just release this article to destroy you, a human being. Because you don't. Lie. Like, it's like it's like what. Th- th- it's and like, Manti said it. He was like, there was so much happening all at once, and I think that's why he fell for this trick to begin with. Like. He went from a tropical paradise to South Bend, Indiana, a freaking hellhole, and like was the star of the football team. Everybody, girls, money, boosters, fans, kids, yeah, you know, moms, dads, everybody praising him. Of course, he's gonna like, you know, the mental clarity of an eighteen-year-old thrust in that situation could right. not be foggier. Like you're, you're, dude, you're thousands of miles like away from your home, right? Like, for Manti to go, like for him to go from Hawaii to South Bend, Indiana. If it would have been USC, you know, he wanted to go to USC. He loved, he loved USC. The, you know, he loved USC, but he went to Notre Dame because of it was like some guy like told him. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I like, wasn't you, paying attention. He said he said that you can go to USC and just be another Polynesian player, like you know, or right. you can go to Notre Dame and be the best ever. Another part of Notre Dame is the the religious part of it, the faith aspect of playing at Notre Dame at a Catholic college, which fit perfectly for like Manti's whole uh, his whole ideology, the family football and faith, faith, faith thing. Yeah, yeah like oh, yes. that fit perfectly for him. And so, yeah, of course he's going to get tricked by something that he verified and. Um, you know, eighteen-year-old kid stuff happens, and yeah. Deadspin trying to, you know, be like, "Oh, we didn't know this was gonna happen." No, we just thought we just wanted to, you know, ridiculous. Being like, get yeah. the fuck out of here, fucking media, man. Yeah, and obviously the mainstream media was just ridiculous, but that was to be expected. Yeah, it's like you, but. you, you know, you hear about his story and. You know, you, you go in depth and t- you know try to figure it out. Manti, you know, Manti is telling you the truth. He's not lying at all. He like everyone's like he's lying. He's not lying. 
He yeah. literally is telling you what has happened in the, his life for the past four years. And then, you know, right after the championship game, and then the article gets released, he's, I mean, he's at, he's trained to try, you know, he, he goes from being a first round pick to, you know, he got picked in the second round. But yeah. that part, this is probably really bad. I would have, I would have kicked Lorenai, I would have kicked his ass. Oh, yeah. Time. I would have, you literally cost his family millions. I mean, his family, they said that the only way for him to, like, make it is look, if you want to go to college, you need to earn a, you need to earn a scholarship. Right. You need a scholarship. And, and Manti was smart, but it's like, you know, you got to, you know, you're in Hawaii. Like, you know, you got to earn a scholarship. And then, you know, you play and you get in the pros. I mean, Manti Teo could have been, like, the a top three pick. He went from a top three pick to he was picked, you know. The, play the, for the Chargers, just struggled. Chargers. I wish they would have showed more of him at the Saints because he actually did well playing for the Saints. Like, he, he was he was, a he was a contributor. Yeah. Because I think that at that point he kind of started accepting, like, you know, like, I did nothing wrong. Right. I did nothing wrong at all. And, you know, he's married. He's a kid. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, kid. like uh, they showed one frame of him at the Saints, and that was it. And I was right. like, what the heck? As he Saints did fans, well. Yeah, he did well. Turned Saints. it around. He's yeah. a free agent now. He'll probably yeah. won't get picked up. But, but but the part when he got to the NFL, it's like he said, um, so when I played in high school, I was, you know, I was the most intimidating player on the field. When I played Notre Dame against any team, I was the guy. Yeah, he was a. When force. he got to the Chargers, the first his his idea wasn't that. His idea was, look, don't mess up. Right. Because mentally, like you've had to deal with all of that. Oh, for, yeah. You know, really, that was a span of like I think like nine months or something. Yeah. Just going through all of that, and so when he gets to the NFL, you don't see the best version of Manti Teo. You don't see the 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 guy you saw at Notre Dame or in high school. You know the recruit that he was. You don't see that. You see a guy that is just, you know, broken. Yeah. I'm not saying mentally broken, but just oh, over, he was overwhel broken. overwhelmed. Yeah. Over completely overwhelmed. Yeah. And, you know, it was great he played with the Chargers, Junior Seau. But 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 uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, he played with the Saints, and you know, yeah, he's a free agent right now. So yeah. Hopefully someone signs him. I mean, I th I still think maybe he may the football days may be over. Yeah, I think he might have. He I, might be done like voluntarily yeah. at this point. But yeah, but I, I think the greatest thing for it was this documentary. Oh yeah, because it 100%. basically it basically he doesn't have to talk about it ever again. Yep. Everyone that you know, everybody that criticized him, everybody that said he's a bad guy and stuff, he ended all of that. And yeah, I mean, he apologized to. Renee, which yeah, that would have Naya been – I don't know if I would have done that in that position at all. Yeah. Because, I mean, th this guy literally ruined your life. But like, like you said, Renaya, like, no remorse. Yeah. No remorse at all. Just, you know, talking about, you know – Even when the guy went to – he hugged Manti at some fan event – and he was like, but he was, but he knew Manti as well, like as a friend. Right. He said that he said, like the Naya guy said that he was. He told Manti he was Lene's cousin. Right. And when he was when Naya the he he is a girl now. When she was describing that event, she was saying how. It didn't feel like I was hugging this guy that I was catfishing. It just felt like I was hugging Manti Teo, and that part was disconnected. It was just 
that girl is a complete psychopath. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just weird. But anyway. Lock her behind bars. Yeah. Seriously. She she could be sued for damages, I think, at this point. After this comes out, I feel like they could go after her. She literally made it about herself. Like, just talking about how, like, her life is all good now after it happened. I'm like, no, you literally gave us reason to hate you now. Right. Like, like, probably one of the most hated people, like. Best part of the documentary was when they just showed a guy in a suit pop up, going to sit on the couch. Oh. Sits down. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. Bringing in the big dogs. That was that part was hilarious. That, that's another thing, too. It's like, after all this happens, the guy doesn't go into hiding or anything. He literally just yeah, comes out, just, the, like, just comes out, does all this, all this stuff for Dr. Phil. Probably yeah. got paid, like, money, too. Yeah. Like, wanted to, like, you know, let the world know that, like, he loved Manti Teo or something, which, like, just, I mean, it's just, it's just insane, just incredible. What that? Yep. Go happen. watch it. Go watch it. If you're listening to this, go watch it. Anyway, in other sports news, Deshaun Watson, 11 games, $5 million, I think. He's suspended 11 games. It was six games. Yeah, it was six games. And the thing about this is the judge said the NFL has put themselves in this position. How do you judge something like this based on past people that have done this um and the judge was like the nfl has historically flopped for stuff like this and they have um money rules everything there's not going to be any justice in the nfl when you have a talent like deshaun watson pardon my take has has covered this fantastically in that they have said how do you say okay this guy has done, he's sexually assaulted, you know, 30 women. Apparently the number went up to 60, but he settled with 30 of them or something like that. He had 60 different masseuses. He only assaulted 30 of them. Something, the numbers are wild. But how do you, in your little punishment calculation, go, okay, he assaulted 30 people and that equals 11 football games. It just doesn't make sense that you can't compute that in any other job in the entire world. You would get fired for something like this, but money rules the NFL. Hey, look, they're showing LSU, uh, Florida state on ESPN Sunday, September 4th. Sorry guys. We're watching, um, high school football right now. Cause that's what's on TV. But yeah. How do you compute the punishment for a guy um, based on football games for nonviolent sexual assault, that's it's just impossible. And the NFL, I mean, hasn't set a great precedent for this. So, um, yeah, that's my take on Deshaun Watson. I think he's a scumbag. Obviously, he should be kicked out of the league, but um, the NFL is not going to do that. So, that's just how it is. Unfortunately, I think the Lord Jesus Christ almighty that he didn't come to the saints and we didn't have to deal with this BS. I don't understand why people even wanted him to come to the saints after the information that had come out of, uh, the investigations and stuff.
but thank the Lord that he's not at the Saints right now. So just, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's Deshaun Watson. Other NFL news, hard knocks, uh, going strong. Dan Campbell, I think the Lions are going to have a team, man. They might go. They might win three games this year. They might do it. They might just They might just do it. Um, obviously, every hard knocks has those. <laughs> three games. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, every hard knocks has those guys that um, you know are probably going to get cut, and they do the big sob stories about them. That's basically the point of hard knocks at this point. So, I haven't. Uh, I've I've paid attention somewhat. The Rodrigo guy is pretty cool. I hope he does well. That linebacker. Um, and this last episode, Dan Campbell dusted off his pants. That was a very football guy move. Um, to get out his dirty pants and brush them off. But yeah, hard knocks, getting hyped for football. Nothing super. I mean, it's cool. Dan Campbell definitely makes a uh, makes it cool. Last year's hard knocks sucked. This one is um, a little bit different. A lot more passion, and I believe in the Lions. But um, yeah, that's pretty much. I'm sure as we progress, um, tell you what, listeners, I'll actually pay attention a little bit more this coming Tuesday. And uh, have a better review of Hard Knocks if you guys are are listening. So, or or if you guys are watching Hard Knocks, we can do that together. So, yeah. Um, any other NFL news, Matthew? Nothing with the Saints, really. Uh, nothing much going on lately with the Saints, huh? I don't think Chris Olave did well in the preseason games. Ian Book sucks. Yes, that that stinks. But we cut. Who did we? Was it Desmond Ritter? Didn't no, Des- cut- Desmond Ritter plays for the Falcons. Okay, yeah. Didn't we cut? We cut a quarterback though. We we waived him. Who uh, was it? KJ Costello. Yeah, yeah. KJ Costello. The, uh, yep. the the one game wonder from Mississippi State. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. six hundred and thirty five yeah. yards against the worst LSU defense ever. Right. Like, so your first game. Cut you just, him. Yeah. Panthers. They named uh, Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. So that sucks for uh, Sam Darnold to just get. Uh, that Once again, shit on. Yeah, I, I think that's Matt you, Corral out for a season. That yeah, Matt that Corral. sucks. I, I liked I, him. I, I believe Matt Corral probably would have started as a rookie. Well, over I, Baker. Well, maybe later in the year. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know how Baker is going to perform this year. Um, I think that in, no one's really talked about this, but I believe that Matt Rule at this point just wants to get out of the NFL. Oh really? Because he realizes, like, he realizes, like, look, you, there's probably you're probably not you're not an NFL coach. Yeah, he was. Great. It's a tough division. You're you're playing against Tom Brady, right? And the Buccaneers, and then the Saints have a formidable defense. Like, our the Madden uh, prediction or whatever has us going to the Super Bowl this right. year. So, but I just I just think Matt Rule to me, dude, he fits so much better in the college game. I mean, he like. Matt Rule always wanted to be he just he just wanted to go to the NFL and the team he wanted to go to was the Giants. But Dave Tepper, who's the owner of the Panthers, who was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, is actually a really, really good sports owner. I think he convinced Matt Rule, hey, look, you know, come come to the, come to uh, Carolina. And he came to Carolina, hired Joe Brady, and um early on it looked like Carolina was actually 
I think they had Bridgewater as their starting quarterback in 2020. Yes, yeah. And it looked like that that you know the, the the plans in place maybe for them to you know be a competitor in the NFC South, but you know they go and sign Sam Donald and you know Joe Brady isn't a play caller. So let's just put that out there. Every people, some people believe Joe Brady was the play caller for the 2019 LSU. He's not. He brought the offense in. Steve Ensminger was the play caller, and you had great players. Joe Brady with the Joe passer. Brady, he's at Miami now. No, in Buffalo. Oh, that's he's, right. He's a uh, the quarterback coach for the Bills. Golly! So he's in a good position. He's he's in a really good yeah. position. He's he's where he belongs. Josh man. Allen, holy mother of lord! Wait, don't we have? Isn't what is it? Mettenberger over there? I have no. Who's no Mettenberger's now? Mettenberger's now an analyst for Nick Saban in Alabama. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But don't. Isn't there a – who's the backup quarterback for the Bills? I think it's an LSU guy. I thought it was Trubisky. Alumni for – oh, that's right. You're right. Uh, You're right. No, no, no. He's the, he's now in Pittsburgh. That's right. Yeah, that is right. Boy, they have a quarterback situation. Holy Matt moly. Bar- uh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum's oh, okay. backup. Case. And Matt Barkley. Dude, Pittsburgh. What the hell are they going to do? Trubisky, I guess, is going to start for them. That's you have uh, well, that other knucklehead who's the, the hometown kid. Yeah, can he pick it? Yeah, no, not him. Mason Rudolph. Oh yeah, Mason. I Rudolph. think he's. he's gonna I don't know why. He's, yeah, I think I'm not surprised he hasn't been cut yet. Yeah, he just besides the the Miles Garrett thing, he just hasn't produced at all. I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be good. Yeah, in a place that's not Chicago, I think he's going to do well, but. Um, He's proven he's a good backup quarterback in, yeah. in Buffalo. and The hometown kid, though, uh, I think he could be do. you know, he's going to be good, too. We'll see. And that is a brief preview of the NFL. Um, football Wait. is nigh. Go ahead. Michael Thomas's hamstring injury. Oh, yeah. Is it an injury or is it a thing? Dennis Allen seemed to say it was just a thing. And yeah, then, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a big issue. I don't think yeah. Saints fans should be worried about it. I just yeah. think that. Boy, there was a lot of comments under that that were like, "Cut him! Enough! Enough!" Boomers. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cut you off though. What were you saying? Forgot what I was saying. No. But yeah. At this point, if he's hurt for 2022. Then I'm on board. Cut him. Get rid of him. We've right. got Chris Olave. We've got Jarvis. Who cares? Enough. Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith. He should be. I thought I'm surprised he didn't get cut at all yet. Get another wide receiver in the transfer portal. Mar- Marquez Callaway. Free agency. Yeah. We're, free talk, we're talking NFL. Uh huh. I would take. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say, I would take Antonio Brown over. Michael Thomas, but I would not. Antonio uh, Brown mentally is there. Um, uh, You know, didn't produce for Tampa Bay, but was a really good receiver for the Bucks. But mentally, I mean, I think he's, I think he's better now. I think he can go out there and play. Yeah. Nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Speaking of the Bucks, they have like three or four offensive linemen hurt right now. Right. That's right, they're starting center, good they're news starting for right the tackle, and I think they're starting left tackle all injured <laughs> yeah. and have bad injuries. And Brady's, and Brady's 37th year in the NFL, so Brady's, good luck. Brady's Secret Service yeah. uh, could be, well, you could literally just go and sign somebody like 
like uh, like someone like um, like Zach Martin who plays for the Cowboys, just give him a big contract to say, or just say, look, you want to win the Super Bowl, come to Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tom Brady's your quarterback. They could go sign someone free agency, huge, for like no money, just to play with Brady. But I don't think anyone's going. I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. All righty. Well, that about does it. Um, so the next couple weeks, we're going to try to have a preview of the season. Um, and so that's why we haven't gotten too in-depth. It's mostly still just prediction zones. But probably next week or the next, we're going to have a, a, a season preview for the first six games, six or seven or eight games of the season for LSU and the Saints. Um, and so, yeah. Anything else, Matt? I know uh I think Brian Kelly had his uh uh You can do this. Uh the Brian uh, Kelly show de- uh debut oh, tonight. Really? You know Jeez. at at uh, at TJ Rips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a not a not reporters or people there just uh a fan saying, you know, Coach yeah. Kelly, I'm a fan of LSU, but I loved Coach O a lot. And Coach O, he's one of us. Are you one of us? Yeah. Do, can can are you one of us? Do you know how to cook gumbo? How, how you enjoyed Louisiana? Those those kind of fans that right. are still on the O hype train. Yeah. Considering, I think you're kind of still on it too, Burke. Me. With the the the, the picture of Coach O, you posted. On oh Twitter. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, new, man. A tradition unlike any other. It's a new era now. Change yeah. the picture. I did change the picture. I put Brian Kelly's <laughs> yeah. face on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get speaking of TJ Ribs. Uh, oh, we can't. We shit. We can't talk about uh, that. Yeah. that. That that rib that rib the, restaurant. The rib Irish. restaurant. Uh, throwback to when that guy called in to the radio show and was like talking about his sister. Oh yeah, the blonde. He was like, "Yeah, I don't have sex with her, Coach O." And he was like, "Come on, man, come well, on, man, don't be doing that." No, he did, he he literally said, "Um, oh, we got to play something back he, for he you." Said, he said he said that, and then Chris Blair, the uh, radio announcer for LSU, like he just frantically moves on. Okay, Coach O, let's go to another question. He's asking him a question, and then Coach O was like, "Wait, wait, wait, hang on, I want to say something. I know Shrimpo. We could put that. We could find that." That kid can meet me at a shrimp hole. Yeah. He's like laughing. Like, he's yeah. laughing. And like, you got the fans who are like, oh, supporters. They're yeah. just like, bravo, yeah. Coach O. Bravo. We love you. We love you. You got Derek Panansky, who was the special assistant to the head coach, just sitting back there. He used Probably to work. losing his just, mind. Well, no, just, just like sitting there awkward clapping, like uh, looking around. Uh, what? Did you just hear what he just said? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's good. Yeah. But those days are over with. Uh, those days are over with. Yeah. Okay. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. All righty. Thank you all for listening. Once again, we appreciate each and every single one of you. Um, yeah, season three of Secondhand Sports. I am so ready for football. It's kicking and, off, man. Dude, I am so ready to just watch something on TV. Um, speaking of TV, the new Game of Thrones. Let's get into that now. Just kidding. Yeah, I don't want. It looks it. pretty cool, but I, I, I gave up. I just, I'm, I'm pissed at the old one. Yeah. Even, even though I, I, I didn't watch every episode, I just didn't get as hooked. But I did watch like a couple. I got the storyline, 
And after that last one, I just said, this is fucking stupid. Uh-huh. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Stay tuned this season. It's going to be a good one. We're going to try to have, now that we have a more solidified studio, uh, we're going to have to try to have more guests on and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, we sure hope you enjoyed. We appreciate each and every one of you. And we will see you next time.